Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts. Innovators. Creators. Storytellers. And the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Hello, folks. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C., and you're not. And this is the show where you keep up to date on what's happening in the world of social media and so much more. And today, if you've ever wondered what it takes to excel in the art of online, online moderation and event management, maybe you're curious about the strategies that make digital interactions both engaging and safe, Or maybe you're considering stepping up your game in managing online communities and events. If those thoughts have crossed your mind, today's episode is just for you. We're excited to introduce a guest who has mastered the realm of professional moderation from navigating the challenges of large-scale events to crafting secure online spaces. Paul Duncan will share his invaluable experiences and practical tips. So sit back, clear your schedule, clear your mind, and get ready for this week's episode of Social Media News Live. Paul Duncan, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Thanks for having me. Man, I don't know if we've had so many people show up uh, for uh, somebody. Um, just everyone is like, hey, Paul, hey, everyone's, Valerie's here. We've got George, who is also at uh, Creator Camp. George, it's great to see you. Everybody is in the house today. So this is going to be a, a fun show. Once again, ask Paul your questions. But if you guys are joining uh, and you don't know who Paul is, I want to introduce you to him. If Paul is more than just, you know, a professional moderator, he's also an educator and mentor with over 35 years in the telecom industry. Paul has worked with some of the top companies such as Cisco, SGI, SonicWall, Brocade. After unexpected retiring in 2018, Paul set out to explore how he could apply his expertise and his experience, and it didn't take long for Paul to make a name for himself. Since 2021, he has been moderating for big names such as Ecamm, Doc Rock, Adrian Salisbury. He's able to moderate events ranging from hundreds of attendees to over 10,000 attendees. So his hard work earned him a place on the Ecamm Academy team. Paul is a frequent monitor at, uh, moderator at conferences and summits, and you can find him coming up all the time on Ecamm Live, Doc Rock Show, Adrian Show, and Take One Tech. He's also the moderator for India Del- Delgado, Tom Buck, Matthew O'Brien, Mr. Camera Junkie, and so many more. Paul believes that knowledge should be shared, so he created an online course in moderation uh, in, in moderating a 2000 plus blocked word list to protect streams and lists uh, of known spammers. And he's passionately working on his own moderator certification program too. Wow, Paul, we were joking before the show, like you're retired. What? I can't believe this, all the stuff you're doing. <laughs> I was retired. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get started with the show today. Once again, ask your questions, but I kind of wanted to go uh, right, kind of your, your kind of your origin story, Paul. Like how you got started in this moderation journey, um, and you know you, you were in the telecom industry, and now you're doing this. So, kind of 
tell us what what inspired your shift from this long-term career in telecom to this professional moderation? Well, in 2018, the company that I worked for uh, was sold. And as part of that, I was in the, the package deal that, you know, I got to stick around for a little bit to help them transition. And then, you know, I was, I was done. So I was suddenly faced being out of work um, and being over 60 years old. I think at that point I was like 65. Um, it was kind of hard to find a job. And so ultimately in 2020, right before the pandemic really started taking off, I decided to retire. And then some things changed in life and stuff like that. And I had a friend that's a life coach and she wanted to do some live streams and look at doing, you know, videos and stuff. So I started doing research for her on how to go about doing that and all that stuff. And that's how I found Ecamm. And so as I started investigating and working with her, she decided that the time wasn't right for her. And knowing Doc Rock and some, you know, having been on his stream and stuff like that, he made me a moderator uh, in the fall of 2021, I believe it was. <clears throat> uh, and then it just started snowballing from there. The next month, Ecamm was doing uh, a Leap into Live event and asked me if I would help with that, which I did. And then shortly after that, Ecamm made me a moderator of their channel. And then it's just, it's grown from there. But I came into this knowing nothing. I <laughs> didn't know what I was doing, how to do it or anything like that. I've made mistakes. I have wiped people's comments out in error. I have banned <laughs> people in error. Um, you know, and it's just, you just have to say, I'm sorry. And I've learned a ton along the way, but it was all like self-taught. Yeah, that and we'll get into that because I want to kind of go through some of the lessons that you have learned. And by the way, we, we've mentioned Ecamm a couple of times. I want to do a shout out to them. Uh, you can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. They do sponsor the show. I was a user way before they uh, actually uh, we started doing this partnership together. But once again, if you have not tried them out, uh, you need to go to socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. And by the way, they're going to be at PodFest and I'm going to be at PodFest and we are doing a meetup with myself, Paul Gowder, and Ecam, and we are going to be uh, meeting the day before PodFest. So if you're going to be in Orlando and you want to meet up with us, it's going to be at Hollywood Studios. We're going to be very, very low key, and we're just going to hang out, talk, and walk around, eat a lot of stuff, and ride a lot of rides. So the, we got to get Katie on um, Rise of the Resistance. So that's the whole goal of the whole day. So if you want to know more, go to jeffc.com forward slash PodFest meetup and sign up, and we'll give you updates all about that. So Anyway, so we also have some questions. Um, well, some comments first. Valerie says, Paul's word list is everything. And if you're wanting to find out more about Paul's blocked word list and some other stuff, you can go to mrmoderatormerch.com. That's mrmoderatormerch.com. And you can get that list right there. And everybody is going, oh my gosh, this, this thing is amazing. George asked this question, Paul, is the blocked word list multilingual? No, it's not. It's only okay. in English. Okay. That was, and so, and Ecamm is putting that one up there in the comments as well. So uh, just go to, like I said, the Mr. Moderator merch, uh, com and you can find all about that. And so <laughs> Valerie says, Paul is the research master. He's done a lot of work on that word list. So what were some of the things that you took from your telecom days to being a professional moderator? Were there some crossovers, some skills that you had there that you found really, that worked really well as a moderator? 
I think a lot of it had to do with organize because dealing with phone systems and people and stuff like that, you know, we had to keep things together and organized and then thinking on, on, on the go, you know, things mm-hmm. blow up, things happen and you have to kind of stay calm, which I'm not a hundred percent, you know, good at all the time, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but trying to stay calm and just logically thinking through, I keep reminding myself, you know, once it's all over with, I can fall apart, you know, I can, I right. can do whatever, but just trying to stay grounded and just kind of start logically thinking through, okay, what, what do I have to do to fix this? Or how can I fix this? Or how can I get around this? Or this happened. So what, you know, it's just kind of juggling the balls. Yeah. So when you, when you first started, like, can you remember so many, any of the like defining moments of, of like key, aha, oh, I need to do this now as a moderator. Uh, and maybe even like, tell us your path of like, okay, this is why I came up with this word list that I offered. I'm offering to people. Um, it came out of a need, I'm sure. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it was when I first got started and, you know, doing Docstream and Ecamm and stuff, we were getting lots of bots and spam messages coming up or people just jumping in and typing some crazy thing in. Mm -hmm. So I started looking around to see if there was some sort of a list because in YouTube you can have, there is a a place in, uh, in studio that you can put in a blocked word list. And we had maybe 20, 30, 40 words in there. So I started grabbing words that I saw coming up or different phrases and stuff like that and, and collecting them. And then I started researching the web and doing some other stuff, looking for um, kind of words that you don't necessarily want to use. And so right. I did a combining a bunch of things until I got this list put together of, you know, it's, it's over 2000 words and phrases and it goes from simple things. I mean, it's like, you need to, as, as bad as the list is, and it's very explicit, but you need to kind of look at that list when, if you, you get it, because there are certain things like the word balls is in that list. Mm. You know, that could be a bad thing, but that could also be a good thing. If you're a sports person like right. Keely, you know, balls is a common word that gets used. So you need to go in and, and kind of edit the list for things mm. that are okay for you that you're fine with. But since we put that list in, we're not getting any of the the spam, the bots or any, I, it's been months, probably at least nine months since I've really seen a bot come in about, you know, you know, the triple X girls and all this right, other right, stuff. Right. We don't see, we don't see any of that anymore. So it's been, it's worked. So you mentioned YouTube, is that list, um, is that, does that work for like Facebook and other channels too, or do you have to tweak it for the different channels? It was specifically designed for Facebook, but okay. if if a platform has some sort of blocked word list capability, you can use that in that one, uh, in those. But YouTube was the one where most of the problems were happening. Mm. Gotcha. Well, uh, uh, Paul, uh, uh, Chris from Cast Ahead um, said, "I just went ahead and got my blocked word list from Paul's site. Thanks, guys." Yeah, and, and uh, you know, and you even warned. I went to your the the website at Mister. Uh, uh, Mr. Moderator merch.com. And one of the things it said on there, like, this is explicit. Like, this isn't like you warn people. So it is something just be warned that if you go in and, and get it, that you do have to go through it, but prepare yourself, like you get ready. So, yeah. One of the things that somebody had suggested and, you know, I've been kind of working on is going through that list and then grabbing those, those kind of 
you know, like the word polls or something like that, and mm -hmm. moving all those kind of moderate words up to the top of the list so that, you know, it's a little easier to to find those and edit. But, you know, it's some people said they've learned words they never knew existed before, you know, from that <laughs> list. Yeah, Chris probably knows them all. Um, but uh, just kidding, Chris. Um, one of the things that I, w I wanted to somebody's like, okay, I'm not I want to do what Paul does. Like I want to be, I think, th I think I would be good at it. I want to be a professional moderator. What advice would you tell people who want to do what Mr. Paul Duncan does? To start out, I, you know, as I did, I was on a lot of doc streams and participated, you know, participated. I would, you know, answer questions or, or provide feedback and stuff like that during, you know, during the streams. And then over time, Doc saw that I was, you know, interacting and being helpful. And that's when he decided to make me a moderator. I caution people to not make somebody a moderator just because they ask you to be. When you make somebody a moderator, you're giving them powers and stuff like that. So you, you kind of want to make sure that you you understand the person. And the same thing with that, too, is as a, a host or a, the owner of a channel, giving somebody a moderator it's not a lifetime achievement award you know you can take it back at any point in time you know if if things are not working out you know that's fine it's you know you can unmoderate a person you know and right. and demote them back to a normal person but it's just showing up being helpful watching the group learning what the crowd is like and then once you get in and you're made a moderator you know, don't just start banning people all over the place, kind of sit back, watch, you know, kind of get an idea of how the, the, the host wants to work and stuff like that, but then just get your feet wet, you know, show up, practice your skills and stuff, and then branch out to other groups, you know, and show up for other groups and do the same thing, you know, rinse and repeat. Mm -hmm. And you, know, it, you just kind of fall into it, but you got to get your feet wet first. Yeah. And, um, Ecamm, Katie over at Ecamm says, you definitely want to trust your moderators. Would you suggest that instead of like going and looking for maybe a professional moderator like you, I mean, unless you're in part of the Ecamm fam or whatever, that you look at people organically in your community first to look for moderators? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if you're even just starting out as a brand new person running a channel, grab somebody that you know you know, over a period of time and make them a moderator. It's going to make your life so much easier because at that point you don't have to worry about dealing with comments and all that stuff. Your moderators are going to take care of that. And you need more than one moderator because, you know, they have a life too, you know, right. their, their lot in life isn't to show up for all of your streams. I mean, many of us do that and you know, that's the way it is, but don't necessarily count on that. But you know, bring people in, test people out, see if they work. If they don't work, you know, you know, take the moderation thing away. You know, thank you very much, you know, for your help. But, you know, this isn't the right fit and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, a moderator can 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 really save your bacon in the long run. <laughs> it's, and we're, there's still people that love your word list that are talking in the comments. Chris, though, I think bought it for the wrong reason. He says he's increasing his bad word vocabulary one list at a time. So that's not what it was for Chris, but you know, there you go. That works. <laughs> so, uh, tech, I'm uh, glad I could uh, help. Yes. Tech uh, troublemaker says, yes, don't read Paul's list. Just use it. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, um, 
some other questions that had coming up was a tech troublemaker says, can you put emojis into the word list? Does that make a difference? Does that work? No. Okay. But there is, I haven't seen it for a long time because I did at one point in time because I was on so many different streams. I had a, a known blocked or a known spam user list where I would collect those, the, the channel IDs from, from spammers. And I would add them into all the channels that I was moderating mm -hmm. that I was an admin for. Uh, I don't see a lot of that anymore, but if you do get something like that, you know, just block them. YouTube has gotten much better at controlling those kind of spammer sites, mm -hmm. but yeah, there's no, you can't put emojis at this point in time in a blocked word list. It, it won't see it. You can okay. set up a setting in e in YouTube that prevents people from doing lots of emojis. You know, if they do right. multiple emojis, they'll get blocked, but that's about as close as you can get. So, I know Ecamm uses um, the Discord as well. I mean, are you in there? Is is the moderation similar? Can you put a block list in Discord? Because I know a lot of companies and businesses are starting to use, starting to use that for their communities as well. No, there's no blocked word list per se in Discord. Okay. Um, Discord does a fairly good job. They've they've got some settings that you can. Uh, I think there's like three different levels that you can set with kind of how restrictive that you you make things. And so it's been pretty good. I, we haven't had, you know, any major problems in, you know, in that Avenue within discord, you know, occasionally it pops up and we just remove it, but mm -hmm. you know, it hasn't been too severe. Gotcha. What we get, a, what we see a lot in discord and I highly recommend anybody that has a discord channel that sets it up so that people have to be, you know, approved and stuff. You know, we, we have had, actually it was Facebook where we, we get a lot of, um, people coming in with, with porn videos attached mm -hmm. to their request joint that was on Facebook, but discord's been pretty, for the most part, pretty good. You know, we just basically make them ask some questions, you know, we, you know, agree to the rules right. and then they come in and you just have to kind of keep an eye on things. But Ecamm's got a, a unique world. I, you know, I, we, we kind of live in this, this, this happy little bubble right. for the most part, the Ecamm people are, are friendly. You know, we get some people, coming in that, you know, we have to kind of teach them, you know, how to be kind and stuff like that. But for the most part, the Ecamm community is, is, is unique because we all like each other for the most part. <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. That weirded bearded guy who comes in there every once in a while, like, you're like, Oh, we'll let him in for a little bit. Um, but one of the things I wanted to bring up uh, and, and Chris from Casthead says he equates moderation a lot of times like, uh, you know, somebody coming into your house party, make people feel welcome and serve every everyone and then kick out the overserved jerks. Such a great skill. And that's what yeah. I want to talk about a little bit. You know, moderation, we think about like, OK, keeping the trolls out, keeping the people who drop in their links to their blog posts or whatever. But one of the things, Paul, and you do this so well, is the welcoming aspect of like, hey, you know, you kind of educate them like, hey, put a cue before the question, you know, but you, we don't talk a lot about, about the welcoming part of moderation. We talk about the negative kind of aspects. Can you talk about some of the best practices that you have learned about like the welcoming sequence when like a, a live starts or a virtual summit starts, what you kind of do to kind of set the mood? And you, you kind of have to use your feelers with this, but usually before the stream starts or in the early parts of the introductions where everybody's saying hi, when people come in, I will try to, you know, highlight each person, you know, put the at sign, type the name in, and then just say hi to people and welcome them and, and kind of get a communication going up. 
I kind of feel like I'm kind of the, you know, the, the intro act, you know, kind of the, mm -hmm. the juggler or the singer right. or whatever, you know, kind of setting the pace for what's, what's about to happen and getting everybody interactive and relaxed and stuff kind of, you know, doing some of the house rules and stuff, getting started. Once the show starts, you have to kind of use judgment calls as to how things going, because you can very easily sideswipe a, a, a show. You mm. can do something in comments, you can say something, you can do something, and you will completely sideline the chat conversation and, and possibly even squirrel the host in the process. So once the show gets started, there are times where I will back off on the hellos, new people come in and all that stuff, and I won't say anything. If there's a lot of information being given and we're kind of in an educational type stage, I will back off on that hello stuff and then just go into answering questions or, you know, occasionally if it's somebody brand new to the group or something, you know, I'll make a hello or a welcome to the family type thing. But I try to back off on a lot of the chatter going on so that the host doesn't have to, you know, see stuff. And we use the Q colon uh, when people have a question because the host can go with Ecamm can go in and do a search for Qs and colons because if you just put a Q in, Anything that's got a Q is going to show up, but by using Q colon specifically, you filter out all the messages and you just have to kind of tell people you need to use a Q colon. And so sometimes people will put a Q period and, you know, that's going to get missed. So at that point, I just go in reminding people like that and then dealing with, you know, if, if there's any crazy comments or something like that, you know, getting rid of those or blocking those and stuff like that. Yeah. The weird bearded guy is probably the guy who continues to forget to <laughs> yeah, put a colon underneath it. He's the biggest. <laughs> yeah. He's our so, biggest problem. I know. There's a lot of problems with that guy. Um, so uh, Equip Institute says, at the, as a host, I learned from you to document my expectation for my monitor moderators, which is a great uh, idea to do. And I want to, because what you just said about the sidelining of the conversation, man, that's such a skill. And, you know, when you're looking at moderators, you may not think about that. But I've been in virtual summits or, or live videos where there's an entire separate conversation that may be happening that has nothing to do with the topic. It's like friends are there together and they're just chatting away like, hey, did you see the Knicks last night or whatever? And it has nothing to do with it. Do you do you guide them back in? Like, are, is that part of your role is to like not slap them down, but like, hey, let's get back to the main reason yes. why we're here. Yes. OK, how do you do I, that? I will. Sometimes I'll just say, you know, let's one of the examples is in one of the Ecamm channels, it is a um, it is it's podcast related. So I'll tell people, you know, please keep your questions related to the podcast. And then I'll say, if you have questions that are not podcast related, you can post those in our discord channel or our Facebook group. And then I'll provide links to to join those groups if need be. But I will set in there and try to filter that stuff. The other thing that a moderator is good for is I can be the gag guy. I can do stuff. I can ban a person. I can get rid of their comments and all that stuff. And if people are going to be upset, they're going to be upset with me. They're not going to be upset with the host of the show uh, and all that stuff. So I I become the bad guy and take all the, the, the flack for certain things happening. Mm. That's a great that's a great thing to tell your moderators like, listen, you're the buffer between me and and the the riffraff. Uh, make sure that you, um, you know, if they, they need to understand that they they may have to be 
the bad guy every once in a while, correct? Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And it's it's important as was brought up that as a moderator or as the owner of the channel, the host, you need to kind of educate your moderators as to how you function. Now, I've dealt with stuff with with uh, live streaming pros. I've helped with some of their mm -hmm. their streams and they have very clear cut rules of what what you can and cannot do as a moderator, which is very helpful. Mm. And it's like as a moderator with the, in a YouTube channel, for example, you've got quite a bit of power. If I go in and I can remove somebody's comment and it just takes that one comment out. Another option I have is the person is is being a pain or right. a challenge. I can time them out. I can basically send them to the corner. When I time a person out, what happens is it not only removes that comment, but it removes every single comment that they have made in the stream to this point. All those comments are gone. Mm -hmm. So if I time somebody out, I'm literally wiping out their their presence in that channel, you know, prior to that point. And generally, they're if you do it from a computer, the timeout is from a web browser, it's 300 seconds. If you're doing it from your phone, you have some flexibility with how, how long the timeout is. It can actually be longer. The next step up is to ban a person. And that is something that is an absolute last resort. And you need to understand how the, the channel owner wants to operate. Because when you ban somebody, they are removed from the channel. They can see what's going on but they can no longer ever comment on the channel. And once a person is banned within 24 to 48 hours after you've banned them, mm -hmm. YouTube will go back to every single stream that you have out there and it will remove that person's comments from every stream. Wow. So, and the owner of the channel doesn't necessarily know that you've banned somebody. So if you're going to ban somebody, A, you need to have an understanding with the channel owner how they want to operate. But if you ban somebody, you need to tell them because you may just have banned one of their friends that they joke around with. Right. And if they don't know it, you know, if they know about it, they can go in and they can remove the person and unban them. But if they don't know about it, you know, it, mm. it can have, you know, major impact. So you, it might be good to have, a if you're having a Wild West kind of a, show if you get a lot of those people you banned you need to give a list to your host afterwards and yep. say this is what happened here's kind of an after yep. action report maybe of you know it, what we did a lot of times i suggest you know unless you have a really good understanding with the host but i suggest just you know repeated timeouts repeated timeouts repeated timeouts you know a lot of channels that i deal with we have a either a slack back channel or a, a discord back channel that the moderators and that we can communicate with the host or something like that, or pops, you know, comments or, or things in mm -hmm. and just kind of let them know that, you know, what's going on or what we've done and see, you know, what they want to do. But if it's somebody that's really a problem, the one to be banned, sometimes I'll just let the host take care, you know, I'll let them know this was right. a problem and just let, you know, they can then go into the back end and, and, and block the person if they want to, but yeah, Banning is something that should be used very, very, very carefully because it has big yeah. impact. Gotcha. 
Okay. Well, I, I want to bring up some stuff from uh, like Paul was saying uh, when we were talking about welcoming people and he goes, Paul is just like an EMC or an usher. So I thought that was a, a good analogy. And then George says, the personalized greetings make all the difference. It's like walking to a bar where everyone knows your name. So that's very, very cool. Um, we do have a great question from Awesome Wood Thing says, what tool does Paul use to ha- uh, to ha- all potential shareable links on hand to quickly put that in the chat when the host mentions a website? tool or product. I, I know you do that very, very well. Uh, even when I'm on and I didn't even know you had it, you like somehow did magical powers and pulled up the link that I just said. Is there a tool that you use? Uh, awesome Wood Things is asking. I type fast. No. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have, um, I have three stream decks on my desk. I have a plus and I have two uh, XLs and I have a, a setup for every stream that I'm on. And so in that setup, I have basically all the links that I generally normally use. Um, so I can just hit a button on the stream deck and it will pop it onto the screen. And then a lot of times, you know, doc is really good at throwing me curves. So I have a browser window open that I'm like searching for uh, <laughs> videos or uh, other things. And then I grab the link from that. And then also with doc, we have a shared, uh, notes document where all of his his affiliate links and 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 other links are in there and we update out all the time so i have access to a document that i can quickly go and if i don't have it on a stream deck t i can quickly go in and grab that and pop in awesome oh paul's in the i mean uh, doc's in the comments saying like when it's an lgl stream paul will nicely tell people not to ask me ecamm support questions and he loves that because i never get to stay on topic and that's another thing i mean I hope you guys are seeing the importance of a moderator, but also the art that goes into moderating. It's not just banning people or dropping in links. Paul knows Doc enough that he knows that he'll get sidetracked because he loves to talk about tech and he knows like, okay, I'm not even let him see that because he needs to stay on topic and he's going to direct people the right way. So there, there is this real art and skill to moderating, which uh, if you haven't watched Paul work, you need to go and just go back and look at some of the, his past uh, live streams that he's done because he does a really, really great job. Um, and I think this is Katie saying Paul is the bad guy to Katie's Canadian. <laughs> so, so that's really funny. Um, and, um, so Jim says I was a moderator for a one hour podcast about, uh, 10 years ago and it was very hectic because it was like <laughs> 94% nut jobs. So let's go right into that. Cause I want to talk about moderating these major events. So you mentioned that you've had like 10,000 plus events that, I mean, um, people in a, an event that you've had to moderate before. Are there specific uh, strategies you employ when you're moderating a, a larger event than maybe like Jeff C's live stream, but like something for Cisco or some, some big company. Sometimes. Yeah. And I mean, 10,000 events, there were, there was multiple moderators mm-hmm. and it's the only way that you can do that. And even at that, it was insane. So what we did is everybody had a specific job. People, you know, some people would grab, you know, if it was, they had to pull comments to, to provide to the host, there was somebody that was their specific job. And, you know, others of us were looking for specific comments or, or issues or problems. But when you're in a large, large session with lots of people and there's, you know, the, the chat is going off left and right, you know, one of the things is hopefully the, um, the channel owner has has slowed things down so people can't chat repeatedly one after the other, but it's still going to be fast moving. And sometimes you just have to start scrolling back 
and you just have to accept it's going to be absolutely insane. You're not going to be able to catch everything. I mean, in one of the streams, one of our jobs, we stayed backwards in chat and we just slowly went through things, you know, looking for problems and deleting comments out so that it wasn't in the replay when, when it went mm. forward, you know, it was removed from that. But in big events, sometimes it's just, it's insane. You need multiple people. Um, mm. It's, you know, like in a 10,000 event, I mean, you need eight to 10 people, Okay, you know, just depending on how crazy it is, because one person can't do it. So is there a rule of thumb, maybe like for every thousand people, you need to have a moderator? I mean, is that kind of, is there a rule of thumb that you try to, to have? I would say if you have a thousand people, you know, if you have a thousand people, you need at least two to three. Okay. You know, unless, unless you really want to kind of like uh, provide alcohol for the, the moderator <laughs> after the event. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, yeah, you need at least three and something like that. I would say, you know, a, one person, depending on how, how fast the comments are going, could probably handle between two and 300 people without too much trouble. If it's, if it's a quiet stream and there's not much going on, then yeah, you, know, you can handle 300, 400, 500. But if gotcha. it's an active stream, it's, it's difficult. So you, you mentioned some of the stress that happens in some of these large events. These got to be pressure packed. So that's a question I did want to ask. How do you handle the stress and maintain control during those events? Because something will happen, like somebody's feed will go down, especially if you're doing like a virtual event. And I know you've done a leap before and you've got multiple people coming in. You got multiple green rooms. You've got everybody coming in at different times. That can be like, oh my gosh, this is a lot. So how do you handle that stuff? It just, you know, knowing things are going to happen, you just have to go with the flow. A lot of times when the, st the stream goes down or there's problems or camera goes out, I'll just start typing, you know, standby, you know, we're working on it. If it's a situation where we have to go to another stream, I'll stay in the old stream and then post, you know, I'll have another window open with the new stream and I'll just post the link over telling people, you know, we've had to move to a new stream or something like that. Here's, here's the link to the new stream and stuff like that. And try to get as many people over without losing too many as, as possible. But I'll just, I just kind of stay in there and just try to keep people informed. You know, we're having a problem, you know, and I may repeat myself several times, but mm -hmm. you know, it's just kind of letting the community know what's going as long as they know what's happening and there's a problem. Most of the time, most people are okay with it. You know, they'll, they'll hang with you and they'll kind of laugh about it too, or something, you know, Occasionally, some people will make some choice comments or something like that. Right. But for the most part, people are are pretty good and they will move with you to the next one when it comes up. Yeah. You mentioned you mentioned the standby screens. And I wanted to talk a little bit about being proactive for problems. You know what I mean? Like there's like you had that screen created like already. There's a standby screen you have. Are there any things, any other things that you have like ready to use that you would say like, hey, any moderator needs to have this kind of stuff ready in case something happens? For the most part, it's kind of, it, it depends on the situation because as a moderator, you know, you're not necessarily putting up screens. You're only able to, right. you know, type in comments and chats mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But I'll just, you know, I'll just come up with something on the whim, you know, basically if Doc's having an issue or something, he'll, he'll feed back to me. I'll send him a, a message in chat. You know, are you, are you down? What's going on? He'll give me a heads up on what's going on. And then I just go into chat and kind of explain, you know, what, what's going on, you know, 
we've had to reboot, you know, we'll back or sorry, we'll be back in just a minute or something like that. So a lot of times it's just me typing. I may copy and paste that and use it again. I'll put mm-hmm. it in a notepad right. and then, you know, maybe repeat it uh, again. But yeah, for the most part, it's those kind of things are kind of on the fly. Right? Gotcha. You could have something this, you know, sorry, we're having technical difficulties. Please stand by, you know, kick that up on the screen or something as a can, a can piece. But for me, I found it's just easier to just kind of do it you know, ad hoc. Gotcha. Well, we have some other questions that popped up from the, the when we were talking before about banning and, and some of that stuff. So Valerie asks, if you make a mistake and ban somebody, uh, can you unban them? It depends on, if you're an admin on that channel, yes, you can go into studio on the back end and you can remove them from the, uh, the banned user or blocked user uh, list or the hidden users is what it's called. But as a, a normal moderator, you don't have that ability. Once you ban somebody, you know, it's their toast. Yeah, the only person that could do that is an admin of the channel. Uh, they can go in and unman them. And the same thing with a, if you inadvertently remove somebody's comment, you can't put it back. You know, oh, once okay. upon a time, YouTube had the ability that you could un, unblock the, the comment, but that's not there anymore. Uh, so once you block somebody, it's done. And the same thing with timeout. If you inadvertently time somebody out, what happens frequently is chat starts moving and you'll go to grab a comment and, and click on something to like put the person on a timeout or something mm-hmm. and the comments will move. And if you're not paying attention, you're suddenly on the wrong comment and you've now put the wrong person on timeout. And once you do that, you can't bring them back. You basically just have to apologize and they have to sit in the corner for 300 seconds before uh, they can start to comment again. And the problem is they don't know anything has happened. The only way they can Uh tell they possibly have a problem is when they go to try to type something in and the comment doesn't show up. Gotcha. In the screen. So, yeah. Um, the tech tr- troublemaker six says this, uh, check behind your mods. I had a moderator once block someone that was a friend of mine because they were having an argument. So yeah, you, yep. you have to constantly be checking. And, um, um, this is a great question from tech in the city. Do you, do you, or how do you maintain communication between the channel owner and the moderator? Now, does this change between different people? I'm, I'm assuming it does. Sometimes there's nothing. Oh, and, yeah. And sometimes we have we have some sort of a back channel. It could be uh, a, a frequently with Doc. It's a text. You know, I have I text him. Uh, it, you know, we've used Discord before, um, where Doc had Discord in his ear, but nobody else could hear it. So I could say something to Doc, and he would hear it, but nobody else heard it. I could talk to him that way. Uh, with Mr. Camera Junkie, we have a Discord channel where we can communicate back and forth all of his mods can be in and he monitors it during the stream so if we say something he'll catch that and then some channels we use slack so it just it kind of depends on the, the 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 channel owner and what what they want to do some people do nothing mm-hmm. uh, you know and that's just the way it is you right. know you kind right. of go with the flow but you know like a lot of times you know doc may have he'll switch a scene or do something and he's muted and so I just go over, you know, people are commenting into, uh, into Ecamm or in, into the chat sessions with the right. comments, but there's a lag there. So what I do is I go directly over to chat and I just put, you know, 
mute, mute, mute three times in capital letters. And then he sees those types of things and can adjust from there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's great. And, and um, let's see, uh, there's a great question. Uh, Honest accomplice says, would Paul mind sharing how much time this took him to set all this up? This is a ton of work. Like, okay, let's say I'm hiring Paul to, to run my, you know, 500 person virtual summit. How much lead time do you need, Paul, to get everything set up and ready to go? Um, I can do it within a few days. You know, it's just if you if they provide me with the links that they want to use during the show and stuff like that and kind of just an idea. What's great to have is a run of show so that you kind of know what's what the plan is and what's happening. Uh, I mean, that that's like the icing on the cake. It doesn't always happen. It's, it's a rare that you get that. But if if I can be provided with the links up ahead of time, I can I can create a stream deck page with the buttons and everything so that I'm ready to to pop stuff up. And, you know, but it doesn't really t I've done it enough times now that, you know, I know kind of the process and the flow. Every every stream is going to be different. Every event's going to be different. And some of it is you just kind of have to, you know, jump in and start, you know, pedaling and, mm -hmm. you know, see how the river runs. But, you know, like I said, if I have a couple of days notice with links and stuff like that, I can I can get myself pretty much set up and ready to run. Gotcha. Uh, awesome. Wood thing says, uh, what notes doc? We're getting in the nitty gritty here. Which notes doc do you like? Google doc notion? How do you um, when you're I, I'm thinking when he's talking about pasting links back and forth, what do you use? With doc, we just use notes in uh, on the Mac. The the standard note is a shared page or a shared note that we have, so he can make changes to it. I can make changes to it. And we both have access to it all the time. I've used notes for a lot of things for our notions for notes and comments for stuff that I'm working on that you know I'm not necessarily sharing with people or something like that. I have created notions things where I have shared with people. Uh, on stuff, but it, it kind of depends. It's probably between notes, you know, the Mac notes and notions. Um, a lot of times is what I use. Gotcha. Um, one of the things is, uh, this is another question from Chris. He goes, after pasting the blocked words onto our YouTube channels, do you suggest to check or uncheck block links below the blocked word list? He's getting nerdy on us. Chris says. Uh, blocked, I would highly recommend block links. Okay. Uh, on pretty much you know, doc streams, ecam streams, the only people that can post an actual link is a a moderator or the the channel owner. That's going to protect you because that's where a lot of the you know you know join Sally and and the other girls at XXX you know those types of things that those won't show up. Mm. So you don't have to worry about those. The other as a a streamer, I highly caution you for a lot of people want to throw the, the comment window up and they want to, they want to show all the comments that are oh, coming yeah. in as they come in. That is extremely dangerous. Yes, it is. Those comments, once a comment shows up in there, that's a permanent fixture of your stream. You cannot get rid of that unless you go in and you edit, you know, the, the video and then you're going to lose comments and the live comments and everything else. So, I, that's, that is a very dangerous thing. People have lost their channels because somebody has posted something in there and it's popped up and, you know, their channels have been banned and removed and it's, it's been a nightmare. Your best thing is to let the comments come in and then you bring them in on the screen as needed. That way, if something bad comes in, 
the comments can be removed, you know, from the, the live comments and then in the, in the replays and all that other stuff, it's like they never existed. The important thing is that the moderator, or not the moderator, but the host pay no attention to those comments. If something comes in, ignore it, let the moderators take care of it. The object that people frequently do that is to mess you up. It's to throw the host or the speaker off track. Mm -hmm. And so if, if you comment, oh, we're getting spam or something like that, they've been successful in their job. So basically, you know, let the moderators or yourself remove the comment and just pretend like it didn't exist and just move on. And then that way, you know, yeah. you're no longer an easy target. They know that they can't get to you. That is really hard to do if you're, that's why moderators are so important because if you're doing like what I do most weeks and something comes in, it's really hard to ignore something that's in the comments and it throws you off your game and knowing you have yep. that somebody looking out for you and that I could just go, okay, the moderator is going to take care of it. It's such a huge weight off of your shoulder as a host. So, um, one of the, I want to bring up some comments from Maurice says, I have to say my eyes are really being opened up to what being a moderator really is. Paul, I've seen your name. Now I have an idea of your worth. And he says, worth your weight in gold. He also, thank you. he also stopped the car and opened up the laptop to comment because he can't on mobile. So thank you for being safe, Maurice. That's a, a big deal. We don't, we want you to be safe as you're out there driving, but thank you for stopping and commenting. That means uh, the world to us. Um, one of the things I want to talk about, you mentioned these, we're talking about uh, kind of moderating major events. You mentioned having multiple moderators. Is there, does there need to be a head moderator who's in charge of all the other moderators and kind of keeps them on track or is it all like at all free for all you all kind of do your own thing? What is your opinion on that? It's kind of up to the, the, the channel owner, I mean, it can help um, to kind of have somebody that can kind of field questions and deal with stuff uh, and kind of, you know, then you don't you as the, 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 the host don't have to deal with with teaching and working with the moderators. You can have somebody that else that does that, but it's not necessary. I mean, it, it, it's it's not a, a make it or break it thing, but if you have lots of moderators or something, something like that, it, it can help to have somebody kind of as a, an overseer, um, you know, it's, but it, you know, it's not necessary. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, are the, before we move on to the next section, I kind of wanted to ask, is there any, is there any different techniques that you use for large audiences to keep them engaged and interactive during these events? Um, are there things that you do to, you know, I don't know, guide the conversation or other than just like, you know, put the Q in the colon. Are there other things that you use to help? Like, let's say you go and there's no comments. Do you help try to bring those comments in or what do you do for those situations? Yeah, sometimes, you know, depending on if I have admin rights to the channel or something like I may throw a poll in to kind of get some things, oh, yeah. you know, going and stuff like that, you know, to start out with. Um, I may throw out a question to people or something or kind of plant something to kind of lead, you know, see if I can lead people down the path or it's like, you know, wow, have any of you had the, you know, have you, any of you had the problem with X, Y, Z or something like that, you know? So I'll, I'll try to things like that to get people to start talking and stuff like there are some groups where they're just a quiet group. They don't, mm -hmm. you know, they don't yeah. talk much. 
That's what I tell myself. No, I'm just seasoned. I have a great group of people. They're amazing. And by the way, I see there's so many of the Ecamm fam here. Um, and if you want to find out more about Ecamm, if you're not a part of the Ecamm fam and you want to be, because who wouldn't with all these great comments that are going on in the chat right now, you can find out more about Ecamm at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. That's socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. And I'm not just saying that. They have one of the best communities out there on the interweb. So if you're not part of the fam and you want to be, I'm telling you, Come on in. The water is very, very warm. So um, yeah. this next, the, go ahead, Paul. I'm sorry, I cut you off. I was say, you know, Doc had mentioned something about having a, a smart light that I could change right. remotely. And <laughs> I was actually thinking that, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to come, to come up with kind of like a shock collar kind of thing that, you know, <laughs> when there's a problem, I can hit a button and it's kind of like That's, get Doc's attention. Yeah, that, that, he probably enjoy it too much, though. He would probably <laughs> do it on purpose. Um, Kate, uh, Honest accomplice says, Katie, can we get a shirt on the Ecamm store that says, I'm on Paul's mute list? That's a great idea. That's really good. Thank you, the Honest accomplice, for that. That's really fun. Um, so this last section, uh, oh, so, um, yeah, this is, uh, Gary says that it's dropping gold bars everywhere. One of the things... I wanted to bring up towards the end, we're talking about some tools and techniques and, and this community safety, because this is a moderator to me is just so much part of the community, which makes community happen, which allows a safe spot where people can ask questions. Are there any essential like tools and software that you use for uh, moderation across, across these different platforms? X expander is a good one where you mm. can create shortcuts I use the stream deck a lot. One of the problems with the stream deck is that it occasionally has an issue between communicating between the stream deck and the Mac, and it sometimes will change characters and, mm -hmm. and throw punctuation and stuff like that. Uh, so you have to kind of be careful when you're pushing buttons. You kind of have to, you know, and I've been caught several times doing it, but you kind of have to recheck what you you hit before you push the, the send button. But the other thing is text expander because you can create shortcuts and, you know, like you can do uh, semicolon QQ and then it would type out, you know, your question should like this look like this. Otherwise, it's just a comment. You know? So mm -hmm. text expanders are good. The two biggies that I use are Stream Deck and text expander. Gotcha. So are there any other like engaged? So let's talk not so much about moderating live events, which we've talked about a lot with the, the your list and everything. But let's just talk about like inside of Ecamm's community like their facebook group or their discord channel so are there some techniques that you use because you're not so much pressed for time like it's a live event or something's going on you're kind of just moderating inside of a community are there any other techniques that you would like to like highlight on ways to foster engagement and communication inside of i guess slower <laughs> communities like well you know it's i mean it's you don't have that pressure of like okay if i screw something up or it's not scrolling by in real time. It's more of a, like a post or something like that. Yeah. In, in Facebook, it's, it's mostly encouraging people. Uh, Facebook can be its, its own challenge too, because mm -hmm. comments can be made in Facebook, but you don't necessarily see it because, you know, as you say, it's not a live thing. So you some, I mean, I, I get notified of when, you know, stuff is posted in, in Ecamm, you know, most of the right. time because, there have been, we have a lot of protection built in so that it can't get there, but there are channels where people have posted porn videos and, you know, it has, it, you know, it has, has gotten close to happening in Ecamm, but for the most part, we've got it pretty much secured to the point that a lot of that stuff doesn't get in 
as easily anymore. But you, you, if you have a Facebook group, you have to have a close watch on it, even though it's not live. Part of the problem is that those comments come in here and there and yonder. And so you could have a potentially bad comment that's on your Facebook group and can sit there for hours or days before you catch it. Mm. So it, it has its own unique set of challenges. So because you're, I'm assuming Paul Duncan isn't on 24 seven on the, is there certain times you check or are there certain softwares that you have that will flag you? Like if like something blows up, let's say like at one o'clock at night, you know, you get inundated with a, a spam attack. Are there warning bells or systems you have set up that will help that? Not really. Okay. Um, in Ecamm, we're lucky because we have moderators all around the, the globe. Right. So there's, there's Neil and Alec that are over in Europe that kind of can see things happening over there, you know, so we're kind of pretty much covered, you know, most of the time. So if, if there's, if there's a big problem going on, the other thing with Facebook and, you know, even in YouTube in discord, we have a moderator channel that we can post comments. in. so if we take action on somebody, whether it's be Facebook, it might be YouTube, but generally Facebook is, is the key culprit. If we get rid of somebody or, or take somebody out, we post that in that Facebook moderator group. That way there's a record of what the action was and what we took. So if Ecamm gets an email from somebody saying, I got kicked out or something like that, they can go in there and see what was going on. So it's, we try to kind of document what we do in there uh, to kind of, you know, just protect all of us and keep us all in the know. We barely, we rarely make major decisions, you know, on our own. If I see something that, you know, I don't think is right, I will post it to all the other moderators and say, this is going on. What do you think? And then, you know, cause I have my own personal opinions and stuff like that. And you know, my own little idiosyncrasies. And it's like, is this bothering me on a global path? Or is this just something that's personally off, you know, to me that, mm-hmm. that I'm just taking personally and, and it's not that big of a deal. So we'll ask those kinds of questions amongst each other. And then we generally make a decision, you know, as, as a group, yeah, take this out or block this or do something like that. Oh, that's a great, that is great. Uh, having that, I guess, group of peers makes it a little bit easier where you can bounce stuff off. Cause sometimes we don't know, like there's things that, you know, <laughs> you, you see or hear, and you're like, what? And having somebody that like, what did they mean by that is I think a really good thing. Paul, uh, this final question, I wanted to kind of throw it out. Like, for small businesses and marketers like who are really wanting to build online communities, because if they're part of like the Ecamm fam, they see the value in that group and um, the, 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 the help and the support that's inside of like the Ecamm, Ecamm fam's community. What, what are some of your top tips for people who want that on moderation and creating a positive space? A lot of it is, is documenting what you're looking for, what your expectations are you know, write those out, make those very clear, and then look at your community for people that are, you know, if you're a company, you know, you can grab some employees or something initially to kind of help out, but start looking out at your community. Look for the people that are on your stream all the time. Look at the people that are helping other people answering questions or, you know, kind of providing guidance to people, you know, in a positive way in your community and ask them if they would like to help you out, you know, they, they may say yes, they may say no. And if they decide they want to do it, 
test them out, see how it goes. You know, if it, you know, they may work out really good and it may not just not be a good fit for you. And, you know, that's okay. You know, it's, it's your channel. You know, if it doesn't work, you can, you can, you know, make the person back to a normal person or something like that again. But I highly encourage you to get at the, from the very get beginning, get moderators because it's helpful for you because you now get used to working with somebody and, and that interaction, and it takes some of the pressure off of you from having to watch so many different things. Mm. Great advice, Paul. This has been so insightful and fascinating and like, I, I just had no idea. And I think a lot of people in the chat uh, are the same way. Is there a question that I shouldn't should have asked you, but didn't because I want like, this is such a interesting topic to me. I want to make sure I cover everything. Did, did I not ask you something that you were like, I got to tell Jeff this, but I didn't ask. Not that I can think of it. You, you did a pretty good job of picking things. Okay. Good. Uh, and, Unless anybody and, else has a question out there. Yeah. So uh, Doc says he picked Paul because he's handsome. So that is a one another thing for a good moderator. But Paul, we got a couple minutes left. I want you to be able to tell people where they can find you, what you've been working on, uh, where, and I'll pull it up again, your blocked list that you have where you can find out at MrModeratorMerch.com. You can, I think some people even already grabbed it today, but talk about all things Mr. Paul Duncan. I have a, a YouTube channel. I have been kind of light in the last several months. I, I was starting to put out videos on moderating and I've gotten a little busy. So I'm hoping to start going back and putting things out, you know, maybe a couple times a month on that, you know, little tidbits and things. But I have some basic, you know, how to moderate videos out there. And then I answer people's questions too, if they have it come up. So, you know, I'm out there, you know, I'm, like I said, pretty much any e-cam stream that uh, there is, I'm, I am on. The only thing I don't do is on Sundays, I kind of try to take Sundays off. So um, occasionally I'll pop up. Sometimes I'm lurking, but uh, yeah, I'm around, you know, most of the time you'll find me on Discord, Facebook. If you have questions, you know, feel free to ask me. Um, I'm, I'm available. And don't forget about uh, Mr. Moderator Merch.com, where he has his blocked word list, which is an amazing resource. And with that, uh, don't forget our amazing sponsor, Ecamm. You can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. I appreciate all the Ecamm fam sh showing up today, uh, picking Paul's brain, and let me tag along as well. And Valerie says, what a wonderful, informative interview, Jeff. Great questions. Thank you, Valerie. I appreciate you. I appreciate Doc, the honest accomplice, everybody who watched today. Once again, uh, socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. And with that, we'll see you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Social Media News Live.